time land, land before time land, from the Cretaceous to the Jurassic, from the Great Green Valley to the big, big water. This land was made for time and land. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Land Before Time Land, the podcast where we watch and talk about every single Land Before Time movie in the enormous franchise, 14 movies. I'm Madeline May. I am Professor Chris Nebergall. And today we are joined by an amazing guest. Uh, she is a puppet builder, and she has been featured on the most recent season of Crank Yankers. She works for the Jim Hansen Company, and she is amazing at her job. I've seen some of these puppets, and they blow me away. Ladies and gentlemen, Rachel Burson. Hi, everybody. Hello. <laughs> hey, so, Rachel, uh, my first question for you is, uh, have you seen The Land Before Time before? Uh, heck yeah, a whole bunch of times. I still cry. It's great. <laughs> uh very good. My second question is, uh, have you seen any of the sequels? And if so, how many? You know, I think I've probably seen up to five, but I only remember one, two, and three. That's a pretty sure. good I number. I have to say five seems I to be a fan favorite when I talk to people about the, the Land Before Time franchise. Yes, uh, is three is as far as I ever made it. Uh, so I guess that is the closest we can get to... Um, Setting a high standard uh, for five to meet. Uh, I, I so far have the record. I have seen seven of these movies. Oh, boy. How, how do you feel? Uh, I feel really good. I feel so really great about it. Uh, but we're not talking about every single film today. We're talking about just one. Uh, the first sequel to Land Before Time called The Great Valley Adventure. So uh, you just went down this, this crazy road of watching this film with us. What... Uh, what what are your what are your first takeaways having just watched the land before time to the Great Valley Adventure? I think my my most the biggest shock that I had was that their songs they sing now, and I was like, wait a second, they didn't sing in the first one, did they? And they're just like the cutest little rhymiest little songs, and I thought they were so cute, but also like completely out of character. <laughs> I thought. Oh yeah, and don't worry, Rachel. Uh, there was going to be a lot more songs. Every movie following this one is a musical. Every single I mean, one. So many songs. And also that every makes... episode of the TV series, we understand. Oh, that's uh, right. The TV series. Oh, my god. They also have songs. Yes. Oh, so my gosh. This was the first sequel uh, produced and released in 1994, uh, six years after the original. It was not released to theaters. It was a straight-to-video release from... Uh, Universal's, uh, I think it was they called it Cartooniversal, was Universal's animation studio Or Cartoon at the time. Studios, something like that. Yeah. yeah, with the airplane, the little yeah. airplane. Yes. The little airplane flying around the Universal logo. I got major nostalgia when I saw that again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, this film does not share any crew members from the original film. No Steven Spielberg, no George Lucas, no Don Bluth, uh, no James Horner, nobody. Uh, the first thing I noticed when this uh, movie uh, booted up on my computer was uh, the animation's taking a bit of a nosedive in the sequel. Uh, first one, uh, for listeners who remember our first podcast, I think uh, the, the original Land Before Time is one of the most beautiful cartoons ever made. 
Uh, this one, it's it's a little closer to a uh, like a Saturday morning cartoon movie uh, that you would beg, you know, your parents to let you watch. Uh, something like a, uh, I mean, even like the Pokemon movies look better than this. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, shading was optional in this movie. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, absolutely. <laughs> What's shading? What are yeah, they're just like, it's a dinosaur. Boop. Like, there you go. Have a dinosaur. And you're like, thank you. I don't need to know where they are. <laughs> Scales don't have shading. This film is visually passable at best, I would say. So this one, we open with um, a Star Trek intro uh, amongst the stars in space. <laughs> and then pretty immediately after, we just have the logo come out of nowhere just to like remind us that we are watching land before time in it, case at this point you got confused because i think, was i was like why are we in space why are there meteors flying everywhere yeah it made me think the meteor was about to land like yeah. this was right this was gonna open with with the extinction event uh. and then finally we get back to earth it's like hey guys we're back in land before time i'm the narrator what are we what are we doing here okay sharp teeth uh a little not sharp teeth, whatever. Yeah, there's there's like a really hurried kind of reprise of the narration from the first film that's just like, there were dinosaurs, some ate plants, some ate meat, and they existed. Goodbye. There, there, there's a great little piece of line uh, line where the narrator says, uh, some uh, dinosaurs ate plants, and other dinosaurs ate their fellow dinosaurs. Some ate plants, while others, the dreaded sharp teeth, hunted their fellow dinosaurs. So it's a choice then, is why you're saying, right? Like the T-Rexes choose to eat their fellow man, their uh, terrible, terrible dinosaurs, those sharp teeth. It was very judgmental, which I thought was amazing. And the film would continue to to wrestle with that concept inelegantly for the remainder of its runtime. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> it's uh, pretty great. Uh, and then we get like... Um, how I describe it, like these, uh, like a sitcom intro for all the characters. They're like, there was Littlefoot, the long neck. He just like looks at the camera and like gives a thumbs up. <laughs> if it's, he had thumbs. If he, yeah. if he had thumbs. It's so funny. Um, it's It looks just uh, horrendous. And then we get to the song, the first song, uh, which, uh, which I have stuck in my head song. at this very Which moment. I have fond memories. What do you think about the song here, Rachel? Isn't it like the friendship one? It's, yeah, gosh. come on, let's go, let's go. Run away, run away. What a beautiful feeling. We finally found a peaceful valley. Everybody's having a good time. I'm like, man, I remember this. I remember having these feelings with my friends and just being like, you know what? We should just frolic in a circle for three minutes and just remind everybody that we're friends. <laughs> Can you imagine what it's like being a dinosaur? Dinosaurs are sentient. They can communicate with each other. They understand the self. Their lives must be so boring. Yeah, being able to, to talk and, and think and wonder about your universe, but all you can physically do is eat leaves and sit in the mud. Like, what a life is that? Yeah, that sounds and then like... And sink into the mud and die. That's and, true. And end up in a museum. The mud could kill them. Yeah, the mud scare. almost kills all of them at one point. <laughs> Some great valley, I'll tell you that. Uh, one little point I, I notice in this song is that none of the dinosaurs are actually singing the song. Like, their lips like just don't move. Yeah, they're just frolicking <laughs> around. The characters are not uh. singing. They don't bother animating them singing. They're just frolicking while their voice actors sing in the background. Sometimes we'll have like a dinosaur like 
their mouth will be open to like pretend like it's singing or like it'll be a, a, a different shot so you don't see a dinosaur and then you hear them sing. I was suffering from so much nostalgia that I didn't pick up on any of that. I was more just like, oh my God, there's a song that I did not notice at all that their mouths weren't moving. Oh, well, see, you're, you're not an <laughs> asshole like we are who are just trying so hard. To just destroy this film. Yeah, please, please um, counteract our cynical venom <laughs> with anything positive you may have to say about this film. Uh, I'd love to hear it because I got a whole lot of uh, uh, pessimism in these notes I've got uh, written here. Um, I will try to stand up for this film because it, the nostalgia is strong, and I did, I did have a better time than I expected to, and that was good. <laughs> wow! So you actually liked the movie then. I actually had a good time. You had a good time. So what did you like did. about the movie? Gosh, I, you know, honestly, I think it was just returning to something that I loved so much. And so being able to watch it again, I was like, wow, like the songs are cute. And like the story is cute. And like it moves at a very fast pace. And they have like the knockoff Pinky in the brain. But like. Oh, one yeah. Of, one of them is like, literally the same voice. It's Rob actor. Paulson. Yeah. Yes. It's like Ron Paulson, Rob Paulson. Yeah, it's just him. And I was like, what? What's happening? And so I was like, I realized that I knew his voice, not because of Pinky. I knew his voice because of this movie. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> oh, no. It's but, so yeah. weird. I, I definitely watched this as a kid at around the same age that I was watching Pinky and the Brain, which was one of my favorite cartoons. And I do not think I made the connection. I, mm. I don't think I noticed, even though it was the same character type, the same voice, I don't think I figured out that that was Pinky. I think when you're a kid, you don't notice stuff like that. Yeah. You're so invested right. in what you're seeing. For me, like I again, I saw seven of these movies. I was obsessed with these movies as a kid. I watched them thousands of times. But for me, like watching them again, I'm like, this really is like the stupidest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> like it is like pretty bad in in some uh, interesting ways. I don't think it's bad in a boring way. Like one thing when we started this podcast, we were worried that like, oh, what if these movies are just kind of lame and nothing really yeah. happens? But there's always just like some kind of insanity for you <laughs> I mean, to look almost, at in these movies. They almost die like three times in this one movie, and you're like, dear God, it's like it's. It's very much like literally life or death. It's very extreme. And yeah. you're like, okay, all right. Like, And then Chomper, and you're like, oh, he's so cute. I think I like this movie so much because I like the noises that Chomper made so much, which figuring it out, it was Rob Paulson who was who was Chomper too. Yeah. And I'm just yeah. like, oh, it totally makes sense. And I think I just liked it because I liked Chomper so much. I even it is. People love Chomper. Chomper. Yeah, people do. I remember yeah. uh, somebody... Somebody sent me a message on Facebook saying, you better not do my boy Chomper dirty. Uh, and, like People just love him. Even though like I, I think he kind of looks like a tiny Barney. Yes, he does. My, that's that's, point. that's <laughs> probably deliberate. That's probably deliberate. The basic plot of this film is that uh, egg stealers attempt to steal an egg from the Great Valley. Littlefoot and his friends chase them uh, into the Great Beyond where they accidentally bring back an egg that they think is the one that was stolen, but in fact, it's a baby sharp tooth, and they end up trying to raise him as their own, and they name him Chomper. That's the basic plot of this movie. And the whole time, the, the egg stealers are uh, being incompetent bad guys, desperately trying to get their revenge. Yeah, these bad guys are kind of amazing to me because they're just so bizarre. Like, the main one, Ozzy, keeps going to his uh, brother and be like, you can't eat plants, you have to eat eggs. Yeah, he Like, has he's this... really militant about it. So the, they, 
it's it's clear from the movie that they are omnivorous and that they're well capable of eating plants. And the the brother, the the pinky one, Strut, just wants to eat plants. That's all he wants to do. He's a mild-mannered guy, but his brother has this pathological obsession with eating only eggs and forcing his brother to also eat only eggs. I think it goes back to the introduction with the narrator that dinosaurs uh, being evil is a choice. Yeah. And they could eat plants and be good if they wanted to, but they're not. They were born evil. There's some bizarre moments in this beginning, like um, uh, Littlefoot and his friends just like roll rocks down a hill just to show how boring their lives are. And nothing's really changed in millions of years. Like we're still just doing the same bullshit. Like just throwing rocks at like broken cars. I mean, and I, shit I think like that. I think watching memes on YouTube until two a.m. is the modern equivalent of rolling rocks down a hill. Oh yeah, I think that's what what kids nowadays that's do. That, right? It's also funny because there's like a mama dinosaur that's like, "Hey, stop rolling these rocks. My eggs are here." Like, yeah, you could just be killing my children. You know, like FYI, maybe yeah. do your dumb shit somewhere else. And they're like, fine, whatever. Very true. Uh, very... Yeah, the fact that they're annoyed that they can't kill children and like commit infanticide is great. <laughs> um, at this point, I think uh, Ducky says, uh, why don't we go play Sharp Tooth Attack? Which was weird to me because their lives were just traumatized by Sharp Teeth one movie ago. Yeah, I would think And they now just the want to relive thing. those experiences. The, so... I had the exact same thought. <laughs> Yeah, this this movie and all of the sequels seem to exist in this world where it's almost like this is the first one. Like, the events of the first film, the epic, perilous journey across the, the bleak landscape where they almost die many times and they show great courage and they make it to the Great Valley is basically ignored. Like, they just revert to being, like, stupid kids who are like, we're going to prove those grown-ups that we're brave by by going into the, the great beyond. And it's like, and again, you just yeah. did that the last movie. You had an epic adventure to do the opposite of that. Yeah, Being you there is horrible. Exactly. You survived the barren wasteland. You, you survived hunger and, and, and drought and all these horrible things. And now you're like, oh, no, my, my parents will to let me do what I want to do. Um, I'm just surprised the parents are like, no, you can't do that. I'd be like, you're good, man. <laughs> like, you've done more than I've done. Go live your life. Who am I to say that you're that you can't survive? Yeah, and even though they've proved themselves wrong by almost drowning in a tar pit like five minutes later. Yeah, but- <laughs> they, well, because they're stupid. They're stupid dinosaurs. I, I, there's no easy way to put it. They're smart in the first movie. They have some intelligence, but here they're just like dumb kids. They just they just do whatever, and it- and that's because this movie has been dumbed down. Like this movie is for yeah. the preschool demographic, and so it's it's going for all of those conflicts that little kids care about. Like I want to be big so I can eat all the candy. Right. Yeah. It's just children's fodder. It's just all this the movies are, but that's what makes them fun. <laughs> so after they get like saved from the. What the tar pit or whatever it is, and uh, sinking sand, they sinking call it. sand. Because uh, Sarah was a pain, like always. A fun fact: when um when we were uh, designing the logo for the podcast, um I asked um how she wanted to do it, and our uh, artist uh, Rachel Jackson said that she was going to draw Littlefoot, and I said, oh, well, why don't you draw like Littlefoot and Sarah, kind of like back to back? And she's like, no, Sarah's a bitch. <laughs> <gasps> And I'm like, you know what? You're you're not wrong. Uh, <laughs> but that's where the charm is. You need that one mean friend. It's it uh, wouldn't be childhood if you didn't have a mean friend. 
It's very true. Uh, so after after all of this, um, we we return back to uh, Pinky and the Brain, and um, they sing this song, which I wrote in my notes as the worst song I've ever heard. When I wake up, first thing I do, eggs. Like I was eggs. like talk singing. The scene is like eggs. <laughs> And I will, it's just talk singing. That's I will all just it is. Never, I will just never get that out of my head. Whatever it's called, whatever you want to call it, I was like, <laughs> this could be just absolute torture. I hate everything that's happening right now. It's like, I'm on the eggs. Eggs, 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 eggs. And I'm like, just it's, calm down. It's also this very unimaginative musical number where they're literally just standing around amidst rocks singing about how much they want to eat eggs without really moving. It's very very true. It's a low-cost musical scene. It's the exposition of being a bad guy, and you're like, well, we aren't the bad guys yet, but now after this talk singy song, you're going to hate us for multiple reasons. Right. (laughs) In the end of the song with uh, Tonight, We'd Feast, and I'm just thinking, well, what do you guys feast on? He never told us. You know, like, please be a little more specific. What do you want to eat? I can't figure it out. That actor saying eggs, is it Jeff Barrett or Jeff Garrett, something like that? I forget. Now, yeah, he was he was but, on Animaniacs a bunch as well. Yeah, um, and I, it's crazy. But him saying eggs was like so viscerally ingrained into my brain. And so hearing it again, I was like, oh, and I could like feel like the swirls in my eyes because I was just like, I can't look away. I know I remember this. I remember all of this. <laughs> I want to point out a, a as an editor, there's a, a really strange cut after the song where it just cuts back to them, but it's night. And I had to like rewind it to make sure I didn't miss anything. Like there's no like change of scenery or an establishing shot. It's literally them in the day and then it cuts to night and them in like a slightly different position. And there's no fade to there's black. There's no fade or anything like that. I was, oh my God. I was actually amazed that this got through because it's so bad. Like it, it's the sloppiest thing I've ever seen in my life. It it almost I didn't feels notice. <laughs> it almost feels like there was something there and it was cut. Yeah, you know, for timing oh. or whatever. And granted, you know, I I do video editing for a living, so maybe I'm more susceptible. But I like watch it again. Go to the ending of the egg song and just see that you will not be able to unsee it. I trust me. I'm, now I need to. We had to watch now it like three know. times. Oh, I did. I was she having was just so fixated on. I I am not. <laughs> Yeah, I was very I'm bad at bad editing, editing like that really um sticks out of my brain uh for sure. That's how I am with puppetry, so it's cool. <laughs> uh so here um the the dinosaurs are our stars go go to sleep. Little foot's like, "Oh, I can't wait till I'm big." Um and grandpa's oh, that's right. like, "Oh, it's whatever, like it's cool." And um Oh, there's also a scene. I, I forgot to mention this because it is actually important. Where um, Littlefoot gets uh, Littlefoot learns how to push a tree down from his grandfather. Oh, that's right. Which is uh, a fun little sequence of bonding. It's amazing in, in the sequels. I forgot this because um, it's non-existent in the first one. You get so much characterization of these adult characters who basically don't exist in the first one except for like a couple of lines. Like yeah. all we get of Sarah's uh, dad is like, oh, uh, three horns can't play with long necks. It's like his one line from the first movie. I think mm-hmm. grandpa and grandma get maybe like one line at the beginning and then we don't see him until the end. Um, but in the sequels, you really kind of develop who, who these people are. So we this is where we see grandpa as like a, a kind elderly dinosaur 
that just wants uh, the best for his grandson. I loved Grandma and Grandpa. I wanted my grandparents to be just like them. Like, I loved those two so much. <laughs> oh, yeah. He, the guy who does the voice acting for, for Grandpa especially has a really good so elderly good. voice. Like, it's very calming. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so when he, like, is mad at Littlefoot, you're like, oh, he's mad at me. Oh, what did I do? <laughs> and, we, and I really identify with, with Littlefoot as a kid. He, he was my favorite. I mm-hmm. um, absolutely, you know, wanted wanted to be like him. Um, I, I'm definitely more of a Petrie. So anyway, these dinosaurs go to bed. Uh, they got lectured. Um, Sarah pops up and kind of has this bizarre exchange with Littlefoot where she's like, I can't sleep. It's important. Follow. Right. <laughs> I, need to, right. I need to talk to you. And it's like, it's like really weird how she says it. It's like, I can't sleep. It's important. We have to talk about it now. Like, do we have to talk about it? And then they go to talk about it. And it's, it's like nothing. It's like Sarah just wanted to say, I think we should do something rebellious. Yeah. I think we should she just wanted away. to be racist is what she wanted to no, be. No, this is interesting. Uh, her, <laughs> her dad was racist. This is amazing. Cause yeah. like, this is, well, this is actually a th- um, an important thing because Sarah's dad is racist throughout the rest of the series. That's kind of his defining character trait. Oh, yeah, cool. she she brings them together, and she's like, my dad just gave me this awful lecture. And they're like, yeah, me too. Our, our mom said we got to stay put, and we're too, we're too old, to, you know, we're too young to do all this dangerous stuff. And Sarah's like... Reasonable things. Yeah, and Sarah's like, oh, no, my, my dad was just telling me how I shouldn't be hanging out with you guys. Um, Specifically, because you're long necks and like and like duck swimmers and yeah. like these things, and what, you're well, like, yeah. whoa! Yeah, it goes through all the ethnic slurs. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and uh, they've they've all been uh, reappropriated. They all self refer um, to themselves. That, I mean, that makes me wonder, like, what Sarah's dad is thinking, like when she's playing with her friends. Like, you know, it's like she's gonna catch it. Like, catch what? I, I don't know, but she's gonna <laughs> catch it. One of these days, like, my a phase daughter's or gonna something. My daughter's gonna come home with a long neck one of these days. I swear. <laughs> they say, they say, they say those flyers have a higher rate of pregnancy than other dies. You're right. <laughs> it's like that episode of Goof Troop where where Pete tries to convince his son that the more he hangs out with Max, the dumber he'll get because he'll ha- he'll end up like Goofy. Is that is that happen? I mean, that happens? I missed that one. That I happens. Mean... Yeah. After that, a beautiful moment of um, just learning about our families. And they, why they, we don't talk to them anymore. It turns out that that scene where they were just hanging out to complain about their parents was just a utility scene for them to happen to witness the egg stealers snatching an egg. Specifically, I think it's one of Ducky's future yeah, sisters. Yeah, one of Ducky's brothers or sisters. Uh, so these egg stealers are really, really, really bad at their job. Oh, it, it's <laughs> it's amazing, especially since like the only thing stopping them is these five kids. <laughs> Because, like, Littlefoot, in a moment of, like, actual intelligence, is like, we should tell, like, our parents that there are egg stealers. And Sarah's like, no, what if we caught the egg stealers? Because this is a Saturday morning cartoon. And Ducky's like, yeah, that's a great idea. And I'm like, Ducky, this is your sibling. Ducky just goes along (laughs) with with the Ducky's, like, totally fine with it. Um, Ducky goes along (laughs) with whoever the winner of the fight is at the moment. And Sarah's like, I'd be oh, more determined to do it myself. If I was like, my sibling just got stolen by y'all, I'm gonna go. I would run. I would do it. Oh, for sure. And I like Sarah's like, there are well, there are five of us and two of them. Of course, two of these five are like tiny little dinosaurs. <laughs> One of them can't yeah, that's speak. True. I mean, actually, I think Spike could probably take both of them. He's pretty tough. 
Um, yeah, Petrie wouldn't be much help. No, Petrie wouldn't do anything. Well, if he if he really started acting like you know he's from the birds or something, just peck peck their eyes out, you yeah. know, fly around, Ooh, peck their eyes yeah, out. That's Ooh, true. that would be, and then he eats them. Yeah, and then he gets a taste for eyes. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> Petrie get a taste for eyes. <laughs> that's the fourteenth movie. <laughs> I mean, yeah. the director's cut. It's got to go somewhere. So, the egg stealers have got an egg. And they're running away because Littlefoot and company are chasing them. And the shadow trick from the first movie where your shadow is farther away so it looks really huge gets them at first and makes them think, oh, there's That's a whole right. herd of dinosaurs chasing us. Instead of just like, you know, biting into the egg that they have right there in front of them, they just keep holding it and they just keep running with it and they, they like fumble with it and they keep like almost dropping it and it, it gets away from them. And they have this egg for like, it feels like 15 minutes. Oh yeah, there's a moment where, there's literally so many moments where like, they're about to put the egg in their mouths and then they stop because they hear something <laughs> yeah. and they just run as carefully as they can with this egg that they're about to eat. <laughs> they jump over a big crevice and um, the the dinosaur animals follow them uh petrie flies over the crevice and is literally and just says like it's not that far you guys can do it <laughs> which right. i love because petrie's is, is basically like hey uh jump pussies you know like what the hell <laughs> like you, you totally got this it's fine um and also like they all jump one at a time including ducky like Sarah could have like put Ducky on her back because like because I say that because Ducky almost dies in the scene, <laughs> just like carried her like like oh Ducky oh, could right. totally make this jump too a swimmer that's like two inches tall it's fine we got this oh god they're terrible friends I think they all hate each other yeah that was another visceral moment in that movie where I was like woo I remember this I remember having very vivid feelings about saving Ducky. <laughs> oh, there's a lot of there's a lot of like close calls in these movies. Yeah, and you know the yes. first the first movie had a lot of genuine peril of and death, but the first movie is like targeted a little older. This one, the way it's targeted, the 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 genuine peril just feels so much heavier because it's like, wait, this isn't supposed to happen. Yeah, this is definitely it feels more for like kindergartners, like first and second graders, uh, versus the TV show, which is made for preschoolers. Yes. Like not even a, like not even a joke. We were watching it like this is like a Nick Jr. show. This is like Ooh. something you would watch after Blue's Clues. And I think that was oh, the intention. No. Oh, yeah. Uh, listen to our, our Patreon podcast episode uh, for, oh, for that. Oh, boy. <laughs> uh, for that discussion of the first two episodes of that show. Um, so anyway, they end up in a cave. They kind of run around doing a Scooby-Doo thing for a bit. They, as you do. As you do. Right. Uh, they cause a landslide, which creates an opening in the Great Valley. And now the sharp teeth are able to get in. Which leads to a question I will never stop asking on this show. How did anyone get into this great valley? Yeah, you have these giant sauropods that are the largest <laughs> animal on Earth, literally, at the time. And they are wandering into the great valley somehow. And then once they're all in there, somehow it's all sealed up again and sharp teeth can't get in. Yeah. It's like, how... how how, How did anyone get in? Did they build the wall? Did they all I chip guess, in and put the rocks together? I guess I assume that they all like plugged it up because like in the first movie they all come through that tunnel. They like cave and then they like pop out. Yeah. Like, oh look. I guess I assume that they just plugged it up. <laughs> My child assumption was like, oh good, they took care of it. Oh no, it's ruined. It you no, know, I know what I need to see that scene. You know, if that I need 
that visual because especially like if this landfall land this landslide was the thing that reopened the cave that would make it a lot more interesting because like we would see them close up that cave and then we see that cave open up again like yeah. we, would, we would show the stakes because when that thing falls apart right. like you don't really understand that the great valley is open until later it just looks like a landslide i think they say yeah, at I some forgot. point like the great wall protects us or something but they, still they do but it doesn't really show enough. that That's that right. but i couldn't really tell that that was like specifically something that was going to lead sharp teeth into the great valley because i wasn't really sure like what parts were like blocked off or could lead you know yeah. whoever into the valley and also like if these little if these egg stealers can get into the great valley then couldn't like similarly sized like raptors get into the great valley yeah like where'd they I get through surprised. well i mean if the egg stealers are like also like omnivores they could be like we eat grass it's fine oh you think let us in oh do you think Maybe they lied do you think there's like ice on the <laughs> at the uh, border of the Great Valley that like makes sure who's allowed to get in or not? Right, who knows? <laughs> That'd be pretty Where they're amazing. Just enough that it wasn't worth it. Oh yeah, That'd like really yeah, funny. some dinosaurs are allowed to get in uh, <laughs> through the border. Uh, Jiminy crickets. Uh, so anyway, they uh, fall through the, the the landslide and they end up in the wait for it mysterious beyond. You know, the place they were living before exactly. in the previous film. Isn't that just where you were before you were at the Great Valley? Like, what is this mysterious beyond? It's literally the last movie. It's literally <laughs> everything that happened in the first movie. There's nothing mysterious about it. You have a map it's of it. Up. So that Rachel, I hope we're not ruining the movie for you right no, now. I, 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 it. I know the you trauma. liked it so much. And we're gonna have our audience is gonna yell at us too, because they're gonna love this movie. And we're just gonna get so much hate comments, but we do genuinely say these things out of out of uh, kindness and, I, I baff can't wait. and bafflement, mainly bafflement. I can't wait for all the people who who comment that they like this one better than the first one. Oh my god, be a lot of those oh, people. Oh no! So they end up in the mysterious beyond. I want to mention this because I, I thought it was really funny. There's this moment where Spike like licks Ducky for what feels like a solid minute, and like I, her full body, like full body licking. And I'm yeah. like, yeah. <laughs> And I'm just thinking, like, they really were working so hard to get that feature-length time. And it's Like, they were really trying to pad out as much as they could in this film. I feel like that's definitely something that would not have been done the same way today. Because it, it, it loses a certain innocence, I think. If you look at uh, uh, the, no way she's, the way she's posed... You know, Her, yeah, she, the she's whole like, length of Ducky. Yeah, I had that same thought, and I was like, wow, this is like... That's a lot of licking, but it's okay because they're babies. They don't know better. That was like my validation. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's fine. They're uh, they're they're brother and sister, stepbrother right. and stepsister. No porn has ever featured that. Um, anyway, right. uh, anyway, <laughs> so so at this point, they think the egg is crushed. Uh, Ducky understandably gets very sad. Uh, Sarah says the classic line: "Well, at least you have five other eggs." Besides. There's a whole nest full of eggs at home. <laughs> Which is uh, beautiful. So loving. Uh, totally loving. Uh, and you know, I kind of agree with Sarah a little bit here. Like, this is dinosaur times. I think you were lucky <laughs> if two out of your six eggs survived. 
You know, yeah. that's probably oh, a true. It's probably a, a really good um, record. But what's even weirder is that like Ducky's like, no, this one was special. It had like stripes and spots on it. I love this egg more than all of the other eggs. Yeah, but the if- favoritism, like the immediate favoritism. I was oh like, oh my god, uh, it's amazing. I was like, this one could be like alt right. You don't know. <laughs> like, hold on. Oh yeah, this one could be uh, a Trump supporter or whatever the dinosaur right? version of Trump is. Sarah's a father. T- a sharp tooth sympathizer. Sharp tooth like, sympathizer. Because sharp, <laughs> just sharp teeth are evil. They're not just doing what nature intended them to do. Right. They are choosing to eat animals. And they are horrible monsters. So anyway, they find an egg. They think it's they think it's their egg. But their egg has safely rolled back to the nest. Which we know. We 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 as this is um dramatic irony. We the audience know it. What they don't. It didn't die in the landslide. It didn't get crushed by the no, thousands it, it, of rocks. I believe it, just it rolled along. perfectly rolled straight back to the nest that it came from. Is that yes? Am it, I remembering it did. that right? It rolled exactly it's uh it's a it's a Saturday morning cartoon. <laughs> it's okay. a miracle. Um. <laughs> so anyway, the 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 dinosaurs uh leave the elephant graveyard. I mean the mysterious valley, <laughs> and they end up back. This was the same uh, year as the uh, Lion King. Uh, Back to the nest, and oh. the, and they're <laughs> obviously a much worse movie because um, this is perfect. They uh, they get back to the nest, like oh wait, there's already six eggs here. What <laughs> this is the wrong egg? Whoopsie. Um, and then they just it's kind also of, way too big. It's huge. We go back to our bad guys, the egg stealers, and they're like, "They'll pay for stealing our egg." And they're like, "There are so many other eggs you can just take." Yeah, the the egg stealers spend the rest of the movie trying to get revenge on these specific kids instead of getting dinner, which I'm pretty sure they're just dead at this point because they haven't eaten for days. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah, well, Ozzie, they, they won't eat plants because he just like refused to. One of them is literally let Strut eat plants. Yeah, Strut is dying. He's like, I'm going to die. Please let me eat. Spit it out, <laughs> grass guzzler. No brother of mine is going to eat vegetation. Ozzie must also be dying. Right? He's just he's just acting tough for his brother. Um, so anyway, um, they just decide to uh, keep the egg, which makes them the same as the egg stealers. And I want to point that out. They are also just stolen eggs. It's very true. Um, so they kidnapped a child. Anyway, eventually the egg hatches, and we get da 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 chopper. Chopper. Crowd Yay. goes wild. Everyone's cheering, clapping. Everyone's I favorite. Chopper. Everyone loves I him. I had a stuffed animal of him. So, I probably so did too. It. So Rachel, tell us <laughs> about Chopper and tell us what you love about him. Chomper is a precious, and as you pointed out, knockoff Barney of a T-Rex. <laughs> and I love him because he just wants to be good. And, I mean, he suffers from extreme Stockholm Syndrome, really, if you think about it. But He was stolen so from his parents. And he makes the cutest noises. And, like, he can't sing because he's literally an infant. But he's just so cute. And when the egg comes off, and, uh But there's a problem with Chomper because he's uh, a meat eater, so Littlefoot goes to his grandma and grandpa to ask for advice. And he's like, hey, so like, what if somebody's not, not eating food? What do you do? And grandpa's like, well, we actually just starved you until you ate. So just do that to Chomper. <laughs> yeah, they, basically, <laughs> Littlefoot, who up until this point was the voice of reason character, who was like, nah, guys, I don't think we should do that, is all of a sudden the only person who is gung-ho about raising this baby T-Rex this baby sharp tooth as their own when everybody else is being reasonable. I think the idea is they want, like Littlefoot wants to prove that he's an adult. They're, they're not very good at explaining yeah. this, but the idea is they all want to be 
older. So he's like, oh, if I raise this kid, then my parents will think I'm an adult and they'll respect me. Um, when does he ask them about babies and they're like, whoa? Yeah, they're like, oh, what yeah. about babies? Littlefoot, you're <laughs> too young for babies. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. Birds and bees? <laughs> I mean, maybe, I don't know. Maybe he's a dinosaur. Maybe he is old enough to have babies. I don't, I'm not a... So, and they literally, like, say, like, hey, you know, when you were a kid, like, you were a fussy eater, too, but eventually you got hungry and ate the plants anyway. And right. so they're like, oh, we'll just do that to Chomper. It's fine. Ozzy and Strut? Yes. Strut come back, and um, they're torturing the kids because they literally have no lives. <laughs> um, they see a shadow again. Uh, this time it's a shadow of Chomper making uh, scary noises. Right. And uh, they get so scared, they jump off a cliff, which is pretty amazing. They just, like, just go straight (laughs) off and just die. (laughs) They just jump off a cliff kamikaze style. It's it's, Geronimo. uh, Truly amazing. And, of course, that makes all the other dinosaurs love Chomp. They're like, oh, you did something for us, and now we like you. Or whatever, like... Bunch of asshole kids. So all the kids sing a song song embracing Chomper. We're a family and you're one of us now. We look like you, we think you like us too, because we're a family and you're one of us now. And in the middle of the song, uh, because his instincts are just to kind of snap at things, he sees Sarah kind of dancing in front of him, and he bites her on the tail instinctively. And then instantly, the entire lyrics of the song about how you're one of us now, go out the window, and they all turn on him, like, like in That's one right. second flat. I will say the song, though, slaps. Be, uh, this eat. song it, is pretty it, rad. It and, alive. And Chomper um, tries to uh, eat Sarah in a friendly way. <laughs> As a sign of respect, tries <laughs> friendly to... Fire. Friendly it's... fire. <laughs> friendly yeah, fire. Yeah, Sarah was AFK, and uh, Chomper was just trying to see... <laughs> If she was still playing, like, if I'm going to log you out, like, just, like, move your mouse. Uh, are you on screensaver? But they tell Chomper, no, you don't bite, Sarah. And then Tucky says, like, I said no, just like my parents. I said no, just like my parents. <laughs> oh, that's right. She's like, Whoa. Oh, my dude. I, I remember that, dude. I, I remember the moment I became like my parents. They say, hey, we're going to go to the gurgling pit, which I don't remember why they go to the gurgling pit. Is it because they're looking for Chomper? Yeah, they're looking for Chomper, I think. And oh, then, that's right. And then on the gurgling pit, the, the two egg stealers are like, here's another nest we can of eggs we can steal. I'm like, why are you choosing the hardest eggs in the world to find? Like, you're on top of a volcano. Yeah, that, that is. this is the most inaccessible nest in the entire Great Valley. It's like a pterosaur nest. It's way on the top of a volcano. It's like you don't want to eat eggs. It's <laughs> yeah. like you're right. trying there's... so hard to not eat eggs. Yeah, there's no cover. There's no escape plan. It's just it, you're there. Also, the climbing you have to do. Again, the, the Great yeah. Valley is just surrounded by herbivores that probably aren't going to do a whole lot of shit to you if you just mess with them. Just take another egg. Yeah, that one's like the meanest one, and it like doesn't even talk. It just like screeches when it realizes that they're taking its egg. Yeah, I mean, like, wh- what's it gonna do? So they confront the them, the the dinosaurs. I think Chompers maybe there. Uh, the volcano erupts, which I assume kills everybody in the Great Valley <laughs> under the volcanic ash. Um, <laughs> yeah, the, the, they're very nonchalant about this volcano right. erupting. Uh, it, it it must be a shield volcano. That's the only way that it would not kill everyone in that valley when it erupted. 
I think Chomper. I think Chomper saves them somehow. Does this Do imply, we remember how that happens? Does this imply that the Great Valley itself is a giant volcanic caldera like Yellowstone? Well, that would. Or well, that crater? would explain why it's so fertile because that's generally it's what like, happens after a volcano yeah. It's just Pompeii. Yeah, it's just Pompeii. So, is what it is. yeah, but there's a super volcano under there. Then maybe like this thing's just gonna go nuclear someday. Yeah, but that's for uh, Littlefoot's grand grandchildren to figure out. Okay. For real. Uh, they'll, they'll, they'll get it. Um, I think Chomper saves them from the, the egg sealers. I can't really remember because who could care at this point? Um, every, <laughs> everybody loves Chomper again. That's what's important. Everyone's like, oh, Chomper, we love you. Well, because he does the big shadow trick. Or no, they already did that. Don't they do it twice? Or maybe just like... Never mind. I don't know. Or maybe the lava... Maybe they get scared away from the lava or something like that. Because the, the volcano erupts. Which is valid. I would, yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm not going to judge them from running away from fire. You know, respect. That's that's what animals do. Um, oh yeah, there's a moment when they're um, being chased by magma. When uh, they're like, "Oh, what are we doing?" Littlefoot's like, "Grandpa comes to his head and it's like, use the force," and he pushes down a tree <laughs> and, <laughs> and saves them all. Yeah, uh, let's call a callback uh, to a previous scene. Set up and payoff. Um, one of the yes. brothers jumps off a cliff and the other one jumps after them, which proves what I was saying before, that they're in a suicide pact. <laughs> I 100% that, believe that they died. I thought they had died at that point. And I was like, oh, that's how they died? The, and then was not the case. This is oh, the yeah, second they, time in the film that they jump off a cliff, by the way. Yeah. I mean, thankfully, they, they follow uh, wildly coyote rules and they're fine. Yeah. Anyway, I think at this point, uh, two sharp teeth come in that we're going to later learn are Chomper's parents. Yeah, now that right. we've escaped the volcano, the new conflict of the film is, oh no, sharp teeth are in the valley. There's um, some chase action scenes. A long, boring chase scene. I honestly kind of fell asleep during this part. <laughs> there's, one, there's one moment of the chase scene, though, where the T-Rexes had split up. And they managed to, like, defeat one. They, like, knocked it out somehow by dropping a rock on its head. And then right. they they think for a moment that they're totally safe. And then the other sharp tooth just charges into frame. And they're like, oh, no, there's another one. And I, <laughs> I just pretty Also, because, I'm, like, they're just looking for their child. And, like, the mother or father just got fucking knocked out by children. And it's like, oh, I'd be mad, too. I'd be like, you stole my child. I see it. But because of Stockholm syndrome, it does not process me, and you just knocked out my partner. Like, <laughs> you know, I don't even think the dinosaurs realize that Chomper is their son until like Chomper starts talking to them. Like, yeah. they seem like pretty ignorant of this dinosaur. Like, they don't really acknowledge it or do anything with it. Yeah, like I thought they were coming in specifically to rescue their kid. But right, it, it, that's it, what it, I thought too. But and by the way, uh, the second Jurassic Park movie clearly stole its plot from this movie. Because that's exactly what oh happens in the Lost World Jurassic Park. They kidnap no, the baby T-Rex really? and the two parents come to rescue it. So, yeah, they don't seem to recognize Chomper until they have, like, a moment where they pass by Chomper and they're like, wait a second. And even Littlefoot's like, wait, I think it's coming to me. Chomper, <laughs> hold on a second, is the child... It's gone. All right. Well, anyway, Chomper seems happy. I'm just going to get out of here. And, uh, you know, I, I know somebody in the comments is going to point out that these adult T-Rex have never seen Chomper because he hatches during his time with Littlefoot and company. But still, it seems just cleaner that they were coming to look for their son specifically. Well, also, like, wouldn't... Um, don't, like, parents, like, can't they, like, smell their children I like would, a lot of animals can yeah, do? Yeah, for real, like birds. Be able to smell them. Yeah. Yeah, they, I yeah mean, it's like birds. Which is what dinosaurs uh, evolved into, so yeah. it makes sense to yeah. me. 
Like, yeah, it makes sense. Total sense. Yeah. They're allowed to, like, be maternal and parental. It's just, they just need to eat other dinosaurs, and that's not their fault. That's just biology. Doesn't mean they don't have feelings. Uh, yeah, they just happen to eat their fellow dinosaurs. Yeah, wake up, Rachel, okay? I'm... I'm a a chomper sympathizer, so it's fine. (laughs) (laughs) It's a chompathizer. I'm Um, a chompathizer, so... Chompathizer. If you're a chompathizer, let us know in the comments. Um, (laughs) So, that happens. Um, The egg stealers just jump out of nowhere. They're like, just come out of a bunch, like, aha! Yeah, yeah. We gotcha! Chomper's, you know, gone off with his parents, and it's, it's happily ever after, and then, oh, we're still here! We're not dead, even though we should be. (laughs) And so now... Eggs! Eggs. 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 (laughs) Now they're no longer interested in taking eggs. They just want revenge. And their plan for revenge is to drop Littlefoot off of a cliff. (laughs) They take Littlefoot up to the top of a cliff, and they're dangling him over the edge of the cliff with their hands. That's right. Oh, my God. But then then Chomper's parents come in and just, like, wreck their shit. It's amazing. (laughs) They just... Fuck them up. It's, See, they're able to be reasoned with. They just don't speak the same language. Which which we learn in, in a later movie. Uh, in the fifth movie, Sharp Teeth do have their own language that they speak to each other. So in the meantime, the, the conflict of, the emotional conflict of the film is resolved, where Littlefoot admits to his grandparents that he fucked up and that uh, he caused the rift in the Great Valley by trying to be too big. And so the adults all go and repair the rift in the Great Valley. And there's a final kind of old yeller moment. Not old yeller, I guess it was. Um, what's the What's the movie where... Who gets shot? <laughs> I don't know. It's a free willy kind of thing. It's the, I don't know. It's the, I'll, I'll patch it into this podcast well, this and the, They're like, goodbye, Chomper. Yeah, it's we the, miss you. It's or the, whatever. you know, go. You, you, you don't belong here. Oh, c- come back, Shane. Yeah. It's, yeah you, need Shane to go, you need to go with your parents. Go, go before. Fox and the Hound kind of thing. That's it. Yeah. yeah. I got you. The, or, the Todd or, problem. Yeah, there's, there's, there's some kind of. There's a million movies. That then, do that. then they play the the opening. Yes. They play the opening song again, and and um and that's it. That's the end of the movie. And we learn to uh, not uh, disobey our parents to uh, stay in our lane. The the final moral at the end is, uh, you know, we we may want to grow up, but uh, being a kid is sweeter, and we should, uh, you know, think that it's not so bad. Yeah, enjoy. That sounds en- pretty great. Yeah, enjoy our youth of just like running around eating like cattle, <laughs> which will also yeah, just be run in a circle and sing a song for three minutes. It's fine. Yeah, run around, run around. That sounds great. <laughs> All right, so um, Rachel, now that we have ended the movie section, uh, we are going to start our newest segment. Are you ready for this? Ooh, yes. All right, go ahead, Chris. And now our newest segment, Dino Facts with Professor Truthosaurus. I'm Professor Truthosaurus. Every episode, we're going to discuss uh, a few interesting scientific facts about one of the dinosaurs featured in the Land Before Time series. And uh, our featured dinosaur for this episode is Struthiomimus, a.k.a. the Egg Stealers. Struthiomimus, uh, the name literally means ostrich mimic. Uh, They are part of a 
group of dinosaurs broadly known as the ornithomimids, which means bird mimic. Uh, in the film, they are depicted as egg stealers, and that is uh, really not based on anything in particular. They, there is a great amount of mystery as to what ornithomimids ate. Uh, if a dinosaur has kind of flat grinding teeth, that's how you know it ate plants. If it has sharp teeth designed to cut meat, you know it ate meat. But ornithomimids have no teeth at all. They just have a flat, toothless, beaky type of mouth, which tells you exactly nothing about what they ate. And there have been, there's just been constant speculation about it. It is pretty likely that they ate plants, at least to some extent, in their diet, uh, just based on the fact that they do not have any incisors with which to exclusively eat meat. Um, they were very, very abundant in their ecosystem, which suggests that they were herbivorous, because herbivores always outnumber carnivores in an ecosystem. Uh, but the most interesting thing, suggesting they could have eaten plants, is the structure of their hands. Uh, they had no real flexibility in their fingers. They couldn't really grasp. They couldn't really do a whole lot with their hands. Their hands just kind of stuck out there with these big curved claws on the ends. And the only thing, just about the only thing they could have been any good for was reaching up and hooking onto branches and pulling the branches closer to allow them to, to browse plants more easily. But of course, because they, they also have these just kind of flat beaks that could have dug into eggs, eggs have been suggested as a possible source of food. There are even some nutty theories that they could have done filter feeding. Because if you look at their beaks up close, they have a type of ridges along their beak very similar to what a duck has, which is how a duck skims its mouth through the water and picks out little things that are floating on top of the water to eat, although it's very unlikely that that would have been able to get these animals much nutrition because, you know, they were like 14 feet tall. Uh, so not, uh, not a whole lot of evidence one way or another for what they ate. And that's just one of the ways in which paleontology is an ever-evolving mystery. Uh, this has been Dino Facts with Professor Truthosaurus. Now, now wait a second, Professor Truthosaurus. Um, I think I have something to say, too, because uh, my name is Dr. Wrongodactyl, and I'm going to tell oh, you oh. exactly what I think about the um, the thing you said, the, the, the egg stealers. Oh, please, <laughs> please continue, doctor. Uh, thank you. Uh, thank you very much, professor. Um, so what I believe, uh, which is true, is that uh, they definitely did steal eggs. Uh, much like in the movie, they chose whether they wanted to uh, eat eggs like an alpha or um, eat um, plants like a virgin. And if you uh, look at um, ancient, uh, you look at these fossils that have come back, especially of the skulls, uh, the ones with the mouth parts that you can uh, blow into and it makes a sound much like that moment in Jurassic Park 3. Um, they found that the ones that uh, eat more plants, when they blow into the skull and they kind of cross-analyze it with some other known sounds from other um, predator predatory animals, birds, and things like that, it, it creates a sound that loosely uh, um, kind of translates into soy boy uh, as they're blowing into it. And it's um, quite, quite a beautiful, um, uh, lame, a very feminine sound. Uh... 
Thank you very much for that uh, contribution to the paleontological sciences, Dr. Rangadactyl. It's um, all all true. I, I uh, will I, now be I, submitting a proposal to uh, have you banned from the Academy of God, Sciences. They tried that before. They tried that before that. They tried that 20 times before that. It's not going to happen. You got no case. Um, I have a question, Rachel. Uh, we are going to ask all of our guests this question. Uh, uh, what is your favorite dinosaur and why? Gosh. See, I wasn't a crazy dinosaur kid, but... Yeah, yeah, I wasn't either. Never really cared about them. <laughs> Clearly, but, Greg, but, right? <laughs> Clearly, Greg knows nothing about dinosaurs. <laughs> but, I mean, Littlefoot was my favorite, so I guess it would have to be... The, is it the Brontosaurus, or does it have a new name now? No, Brontosaurus is valid again. Still valid again. Okay, yeah. cool. Then, yeah, it'd probably be the Brontosaurus, just because I love them, and I liked Grandma and Grandpa so much. And I kind of liked that they were, like, the kind, like the gentle giants. I always like the big like the big guys, so that was my favorite. Like, I always play the tank in D&D, so I don't know. That's why they just speak to me. Well, that's fine, because, you know, Spike is kind of like the tank of the group. Yeah, but, yeah, but he, doesn't, he, didn't, he didn't talk enough for me to be able to... <laughs> That is true. He's like a baby among the babies. Exactly. Like I like Littlefoot because you know he he tried to be a good leader even though he had his flaws, and I always appreciated him for that because I feel like I probably fell into that same pocket. So I guess yeah, it would have to be the brontosaurus just because I'm biased from a children's movie. That's a good one, Chris. What's your favorite dinosaur? My favorite dinosaur is Cryolophosaurus, which will never appear in the Land Before Time films, I guarantee it. What is it? What does it look like? Cryolophosaurus, uh, if, if you look it up, it's related to D Dilophosaurus, which is the one from Jurassic Park that spits the poison at the guy. But oh. the Cryolophosaurus had a different kind of crest, which kind of looks like a pompadour hairdo. It's this weird kind of swoopy thing. Oh, it's like a rockabilly dinosaur. Yeah, it's really weird looking. Nice. Uh, and the reason I love it is not only for that, but because it's from Antarctica. It is one of the few dinosaur fossils that has been excavated from Antarctica. Wow. Yeah, it's just it a really- poison too? Well, no, that, that that's uh, not a real thing. That's something that Michael Crichton made up <gasps> in the novel oh. Jurassic Park. Yeah, he literally just made it up. It's not based on any anything. Uh, Sci-fi. Uh, yeah. Uh, my favorite dinosaur is, um, uh, I would say Deinonychus, just because I think they're so cool in those movies, and I like that they do like the pack hunting, uh, opening doors. That's useful, and um, that's right. just uh, generally, just generally being rad, like that that blue genetic one, and uh, the well, new movies. I, I think we'll get to talk about raptors in the next uh, podcast because I believe they feature in the Land Before Time three, or they'll be there at some point. That will make it happen. Anyway, uh, I want to say uh, thank you so much, Rachel, for being on our podcast, for being our first guest into the Land Before Time land. Uh, do you have anything you want to plug for our audience? Gosh, I, it's not dinosaur related. Is that okay? Yes. yes. No, we couldn't. I, I hate dinosaurs. We don't care. This, this is our only dinosaur related uh, uh, product. Activity? Yeah. There you go. Um, sure. Yeah. Like, like you guys said at the beginning, I, I build puppets. Um, if you want to check out my Instagram or my website, it's Rachel made studio R A C H E L the right way to spell it. I'll fight you about it. And, uh, yeah. So go check those out. Uh, all the puppet stuff I work on that I'm allowed to share. I put up there cause you know, sharing is caring and puppets are fun. <laughs> awesome. We will include uh, links in the, the description for that. 
Thank you so much for listening to Land Before Time Land. If you'd like the podcast and would like to support us, please check us out on Patreon slash Land Before Time Land. Um, if you donate $5 a month, you will actually get access to a bonus podcast that we're going to do monthly about the Land Before Time television series. Yes, they made a cartoon series and we are going to talk about it. You will also get the podcast two days early. That's kind of cool. Uh, so check out the Patreon page for more details. If you'd like to talk to us on social media, we have a Twitter account, LBTL Podcast, and we also have a Facebook page slash Land Before Timeland. All the links for that will be in the description. Or if you'd like to just send us a question, you can email us at landbeforetimeland at gmail.com. Uh, yes, and if you enjoyed uh hearing us uh prattle on uh you can get more of that in some of our other projects we do a show called remain seated with chris nebergall where i discuss uh theme parks as an art form and uh maddie also has a wonderful band called inkblot thank you <laughs> yes uh, please check out my band we we need the views we need the money uh all that good stuff thanks again for coming on the podcast rachel and hope you have an awesome day yeah of course all right, let's send you home. Get on in that time portal. Sure. And activating. Now we have to talk about something serious. You've, uh, you've probably read about this story in the New York Times. I think um, Newsweek covered it as well. But two weeks ago, we launched Land Before Timeland to universal acclaim and recognition. It was a Monday, 25th of May. Memorial Day, stand strong. And three days later, Thursday, the 28th of May, famed YouTuber Jenny Nicholson released a video analyzing the Land Before Time franchise. Needless to say, we were all pretty upset. Like, Chris, you were pretty upset about this, right? I was aghast. Yeah, it was absolutely um, dumbfounded by this. Shocking. It was, no, it was, it was disturbing, if anything. It was pretty clear to us when we um, heard about this video that Nicholson clearly watched, I mean, listened to our podcast and within three days watched all 14 Land Before Time movies and then wrote, uh, shot, and edited a one-hour uh, video essay about it. Very doable. It's incredibly. Like, I honestly think she got too much time, if anything, to do it. Um, so... We can also admit, you know, we all make mistakes. It's possible that she um, just uh, didn't know that we would find out, for instance. So we did the the only thing that we, we felt was right, which was to kindly not send her any kind of message or email and just wait for her to apologize, which we assume would come uh, within the day. Um, but we never received that apology. So... What we did instead was uh, brutally attack her on Twitter, which I think is the only response that you could do at that point. You probably know where this is heading, and there's really no easy way to say it, but um, we're going to court with Jenny Nicholson. We are going to sue her for stealing our idea. For $83 trillion. Well, yeah, but you have to understand, like it sounds like a lot of money, but then you remember that this is... Um, um, a copyright claim that's going over millions of years because that's how long the the dinosaurs have been around 
for more on this, uh, I'd like to introduce you to our uh, Jurassic prosecutor, Mr. The Law Seraptor. I believe I've told you that's not my name. Okay, now, Mr. Velociraptor, um, what can you tell us and our listeners at home about the case? Uh, I'm sorry, what are you trying to do? Well, we'd, we'd like to sue Jenny Nicholson for stealing our idea. Right, right, right. Uh, well, as I explained over the phone, you cannot sue someone for also watching a movie and talking about it. Right, but this is um, this is a franchise. There are 14 movies. That doesn't... Uh, look, you... you you can't own talking about a specific property. Yeah, that, that. How do we do that? How do I, we make that I happen? I just said, look, I think I'm done here. Do you have a bathroom I could use? Yeah, it's on the right side of the hall over there. So, listeners, as you can tell, this is a long and uh, tiresome, if anything, legal battle, as they all are. But we feel pretty confident that we're going to be able to uh, come out ahead and justice will be served, especially with uh, you know all the money that we're paying to our uh, to our attorney here. A dinosaur, a T Rex, Tyrannosaurus Rex is eating a lawyer on a toilet. That's never happened before. I've never seen that before. Oh god! Who oh god! Guess that. Oh god! Chris. No, we're, we're gonna go to jail. We got, we're gonna we got, go to jail. No, we're we gotta gonna, get out of here. We gotta get out of here. I'm charging up the time portal right now. Right now. Get the portal. Get the portal. I'm going.